This is episode 172 of Biz Women Rock. Almost thought that I didn't have that thing going for a second. Welcome to the Biz Women Rock Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. This podcast was created so that you would have direct access to the true stories of what it's like being a businesswoman, the real true journey of very savvy, very smart businesswomen. If you love these stories, then make sure you go to bizwomenrock.com and opt in so that you can get updated on all the latest podcast interviews, as well as how you can become a more active part of the whole Biz Women Rock community, which kind of rocks. So go to bizwomenrock.com. You are in for a total treat today because Erin Smith is my guest. She's the founder of a company called The Starters Club, which helps anyone get all the information that they need to actually start their business, which to be honest with you is like a huge, huge thing that keeps a lot of people away because it seems very, very difficult. Now, what's so interesting about Erin is the fact that she has had two prior super successful businesses And in this conversation, she really talks about how uh, she has sold businesses before, uh, the specifics about that, how she has purchased and acquired businesses before. And what you'll notice is that this girl just has so much determination and she is a go-getter like nobody's business. She's got a phenomenal story. So let's get going. Erin, what is going on, girl? Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. This is, I told to- you this. This is like, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. Yours is one of them. So I'm so excited Yay. to be here. Yeah. <laughs> I always find that interesting. Fellow podcasters who actually don't listen to a lot of podcasts. That's really fascinating. I think that there's a lot more than you would think. Yeah, I well, they're, I'm very picky about the ones I listen to. So it's just funny. And I don't I'm not like I have to listen to one every week. I'm right. a I'll span through and, you know, take dogs for a walk and listen to one here and there. But I'm not like, every week, I got to listen to a certain person. So it's just kind of funny how picky I am about it. Yeah, I'm the exact same way. Actually, I don't. There's like a couple that I'm pretty loyal to. But even those I don't listen to all the time. It's like when I feel like it. And this is totally a random offshoot. But like, usually my day is so loud and talking to people and lots of activity. So when I get my car, I just want it quiet. Like I don't want anything. going on. Did you I never dreamed I'd get to a point where I loved quiet. Like I find (laughs) where I drive quiet. And I'm like, I can't believe I just went 30 minutes with nothing in the car. I never dreamed I'd get to that point. But I do. and it feels so good. It does. It, does. it means we're getting old, but that's oh, okay. <laughs> I, I was hoping not to put that label on it, but you did it. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Anyway, I'm really, really so honored that you're here today. Um, just I'm so, so, so happy we're going to get a chance to talk about your business journey because there's so many great things that everyone listening can, can learn from. So I want to start off first with how you dipped your toe into entrepreneurialism in the first place. I want to hear that story. Yeah, and it was a complete toe dip. So it <laughs> it goes back in my early 20s. I, I, I always tell the story. I grew up on a farm, so I worked really hard always. And when I graduated college and got this job that I worked eight hours a day, pretty much bored out of my mind for about seven of those. And I was begging for work all the time. I went home at five. I'm like, corporate America is the greatest thing in the world. Like, who complains about this? You get weekends <laughs> off, holidays. And what happened was about... 
later, I mean, just into my first year, layoffs started happening. And I got, I didn't get laid off, but I witnessed people getting laid off. And I knew I was spending everything I, I was making. So I, I'm like, I got to figure something else out. And I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, learn passive income. So I spent my evenings going to night school to get a realtor's license and then started investing in real estate. So I bought my first house uh, just to turn 23 when I bought it. And then started, you know, just learning about deals, getting in investments, never considered myself an entrepreneur, just was trying to build a future for myself. Right. Wasn't ready to kick out corporate America because I, I didn't want to be a flipper or anything like that. I just wanted to slowly build up my investments. Well, when I moved to uh, Dallas, I actually was, I was um, living between Dallas and Scottsdale, Arizona for about the first few months, for the first year. And what happened was my ex-husband, my husband at the time, was going to school. And I'm a huge animal lover. To know me, I, I have six dogs. I pray to God you don't hear any of them on, on the podcast. <laughs> but um, we, I learned about pet sitting because I'd never had anybody to take care of my dogs. I didn't want to board them because I didn't want them to think I was taking them back to a shelter. So I, we learned pet sitting. He had the summers off and we're like, you know, this would be really fun. Like we could get somebody's dog here and there. We could go meet other people's dogs. And that's when I got the entrepreneur bug because I was working from home all day, but I would get up in the mornings, work lunches because he went back to school. I had to carry this. And then what happened was about a year into that business, we were just investing the money we made. That's all it was. It wasn't I mean, we were making one to two grand a month, nothing great. Okay. And uh, all of a sudden, we were we were going to get married. We're going to Hawaii, and we needed somebody to take care of our dogs, and nobody would call us back. So just this light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, you know, if we're not getting called back, who else isn't getting called back? Oh, wow. And that's when I started really learning marketing. I learned networking. I just did it for my fun time to get out of the house and just figured things out along the way. Like, Literally, I t and this is why I tell people anybody can start a business because a girl called me. We were about, I, I, it was a couple years into the business. This girl calls me and she's like, I really love what you're doing. Can I work for you? And I'm like, sure. We actually <laughs> needed somebody. I'm like, yeah, that's great. We need somebody. And I literally Googled, how do I hire an employee? I had no idea. That's great. And I did. And I just built policies. And so within five years, I mean, we were, we had a, a couple years of six figures. I was still just doing it part time. I had 12 employees, wow. bought out competitors. And so I really got the bug then. I was always scared to kick the corporate crutch. But that was like my first experience. You were experience. still doing that as like a side business after after your nine to five? Holy yes. cow. I took I burned myself out. I mean, no questions. We we ended up we sold it when we were getting a divorce. Uh, yeah. But I was at my kind of kind of kills a marriage when you're working 100 hours. But uh, hindsight's always 2020. But um, it was I would take weekends off. I mean, because weekends were your busy time with the pet sitting business. So we hired employees to help us run it. But I took my vacations to work the business. I mean, it was it was a couple years of just constant work wow. so but I grew up on the farm that's all I knew that's yeah. all I know what to do so it didn't bother me as much yeah what kind of things worked for you now granted you were you saw very clearly that there was like this wide open market because there was mm -hmm. a huge demand and no one actually supplying so but what did you what what specific strategies did you use to actually not only market but like convert like to make sure that you were getting clients 
So there were a few things. What was funny was um, I wrote a blog and I had this blog on the page and it was kind of buried in our about page. But I just, I, to know me is to know I loved animals. So a lot of people just read through that when they would read my blog and they would see who I was. It was very important. My animals were my children. So they knew when they hired me, I took this very seriously. I didn't pass keys. I didn't, I had a very specific structure that you had two people that you met. Those were the only two people allowed in your house ever. Um, I had these very high standards. We, we were priced higher than everybody else, but I wasn't competing with the neighbor kid across the street. I'm like, if you want that type of service, go hire him. I, right. I'm, not, I'm not his competition or her competition. So I was very diligent about that, that we were just, we were real and authentic. And it was funny about, I don't know, a couple years after I sold the business, I was trying to call and hire a pet sitter. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like no wonder why we were so successful. Like, <laughs> A, I called people back immediately. I had my um, I knew that there would be people fishing. And so I would actually set up the business that when uh, Thanksgiving and December happened, I, there would always be a new employee on board because I knew there'd be all these people that waited last minute and I could get them. And wow. I'd always have somebody on staff so I could gather those people and take care of them and then build lifelong customers out of them too. So I had a couple different strategies that I use, but I always call people back I was normal. I mean, I hate to, I'm not like trying to sound awesome, but there's some crazies out there. And I'm like, <laughs> this one woman, I was talking to her and I'm like, here, and I know my dogs are, it's crazy. And I'm like, you are giving me a heart attack two seconds. Like you are, she, cause she's like, what if I fall? What if your dog pees in the front of the house and I fall? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, are you, what are you doing? Why are you saying this to me? I don't know. But so we were real. We were normal. We were real. And I was very, very diligent about the business. It wasn't about money to me. It was about, people being able to travel and go out of town and know things were taken care of. Mm. Um, and that just was came through in the business. Now, you said that you um, had the opportunity and went through with actually purchasing, like buying out a couple of your competitors. Mm-hmm. Walk, walk me through how you did that, because that seems a little intimidating for anyone who might be listening who's like, okay, I've, like, I do want to grow, and maybe growth by acquisition is exactly what I need to do. So how, what steps did you take to actually do that successfully? Well, it was honestly the, I'm trying to think of the first one. I think both times somebody kind of cued me in that they were selling and that I just called the, the one was an ad. They had placed an ad and I knew exa- I knew all my competitors. So when I saw the ad, I knew exactly who it was and I just called them. And then the other one um, was, she was just, somebody cued me in that she was getting out of the business. And so I'm like, you know what? Let me take advantage of this. And I think the biggest thing you have to make sure is you get some sort of agreement that they can't compete with you. And just make sure the numbers add up. Like you want to get your money back in about a year and a half of the investment. So you want to make sure, um, you know, that you're looking. I went and searched and made sure they didn't have any bad reviews I was going to have to deal with. Um, and just, you know, could see the, the loyalness of their customers were there, you know, a lot of regulars. And so those were the things, but you just, I know a couple people have been burned on the non-compete, like they'll go around the corner and open another business. So you just have to make sure that you're really, really diligent about how long it's going to be before they can open a business and where that's located. Mm, uh, really good, good pointers. Um, you mentioned that you had grown your team to 12 different people. So what kind of lessons did you learn as a leader, as someone managing everyone? And I'm probably going to expect to hear like the, why you, how hard it was for you to learn them. But what were those lessons? Um, you know, 
common sense, don't take it for granted. I, I hate to say that, <laughs> you know, I mean, and, you know, and when, um, you, you just have to like their policies and procedures were forever evolving because I was like, really, I have to put that in there. And so, I mean, when you're writing out your policies and procedures, think of every crazy thing you could ever possibly think of and just put it down because it may come up. Um, don't ever force anything. I think that was one of the biggest things. Um, there are a couple girls that ruined my trust. Like I made me question something and I should have just let them go at that point. And said I gave them another chance and they never changed their heart I, I don't mean and I was a very fair employer like I was I mean I offered my house to one of my employees when she was in a bad situation with her boyfriend like I was I wanted these people to succeed I wanted them to do well but I had your back and I needed you to have mine and when that trust is kind of gone it doesn't ever come back so don't force it it's better to Hire slow, fire fast. I learned that one the hard way. Yeah. Um, and just you, you don't force it. I, I think that's the biggest thing because we want to like somebody or I still make that mistake in my business. Like I know I'm like, I don't think they're the right fit, but I like them a lot and I want to give them a chance and I know they're going to learn it. And then three weeks later, I'm the one who's lost all the money, you know, and it's like, why do I do that? It, I still have to remind myself of my own lessons. <laughs> I think the hardest thing is, and I went through this recently um, a couple months ago where you know, like you, you really love the person, like they've worked in your business, but they're just not the right thing. And you can verbally say, you know, and, and mentally see that it's just not the right fit. The skill sets are very different for what the, the skill sets that the business needs, but like translating in that, that into human mm-hmm. <laughs> and relationship is so, it, it has to be black and white, but it's very, very difficult, you know? It is. I, I want to help people. You know, I want to give people opportunity. I want to give them a chance. And there's just some people who don't take advantage of it, you know, and you just got to cut your ties when you can. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's very that's, true. That's, so why did you decide to sell the business? Burnout. And with the divorce was writing on the wall. I mean, don't I don't ever expect anybody to feel sorry for me for my divorce should never have gotten married in the first place, but lessons learned. But it was kind of one of those right it kind of those perfect parting situations. I was burned out. Um, we we had what we did was it worked out perfect because one of our former um, former customers was uh, laid off in her accounting job. So she really wanted to start pet sitting. So I was able to bring her in when I bought one of the companies, the second companies, I had her come in and just run that. So I kept that as a separate business because they expect they had a little bit different level of service than we did. So I didn't want to mesh them and increase the prices on those customers. I wanted to keep it the same. So she ran that. And then as I was able to trust her, I put her in for about a year to run my company with both of them and said, I'll sell you to the, I'll sell you these when my ex was originally going to be moving. So we were all going to move. So it was kind of this perfect transition. So I kind of laid out, I created my perfect scenario where she just back, everybody knew her already. Mm. So she backed into the business and everybody had accepted her already. So it wasn't the shock when, when I left. Right. So it worked out great. That's really good. That's a really awesome strategy actually. Very, yeah. very awesome. And, you know, having an empl- an employee really end up buying you out is is a great way to go because they do. They know everything inside of your business. They they know the culture. They know the expectations. They know the operations. That's really smart. Yeah, my employees already knew her. They had been reporting. You know, she'd been doing team meetings now for a long time. So it was just it, 
it's perfect because sometimes you do have to be careful when you hire or when you buy out another company. Are your customers, are they going to stay with you, you know, or are the employees going to stay with you? You don't know how easy that purchase is going to be, you know. And so with her, it was it was a it was the best of both worlds for both of us. How did you work out that buyout? Did she at like is she did she pay you like a one lump sum or was it like a payout or is it? It is was it, a payout. OK, so gotcha. it was a four year payout. Got it. OK. So, so that was awesome because I got checks every month for yeah. four months without doing anything for years. <laughs> yeah, not such a bad life. What? Um, so then, when that, what ended up happening after that? So I had the entrepreneur bug um, still, and still working a corporate job, and I um, decided I wanted to start a mobile spray tanning business because I was getting into spray. I was spray tanning, getting spray tanned. Um, my mom had skin cancer. I was like. I need to be more careful. And a friend of mine, this was five years ago, she came to me and she's like, oh, you know what? Um, I was at this party in Austin. And I said, oh, that's fantastic. Let's have somebody come to our house and we'll do that here. I love the idea. And at that time, nobody did it near us. There was one girl in Dallas that was far farther away and we were out of her range. So ding, ding, ding went off. And I'm like, you know what? If we're not the only ones who want this, I bet you other people do too. And luckily, I was able to apply what I had learned in, in the pet sitting business, being able to market. I was Google AdWords was everything to me. I could I had that thing figured out like a faucet. So I knew if I put so much money into Google AdWords, I get so much money back. So I was able to apply that with my other business and use that for my uh, benefit. And we had built we partnered actually on that one. And about five months into it, she was a stay-at-home mom. She's like, I can't keep up with this. We were wow. so busy. Wow. So I bought her out and then built the employee model with that one too. Wow. And I was, yeah, I built that out of salons and built that um, from an employee perspective and just blew that out of the water right away. So w- explain a little bit more what that b- business model was. What I heard was that you were actually like having people go into homes, like almost like these home parties and showing them like tanning, like spray tanning. No, stuff. tanning them, like going off in a, like, it sounds so bad. We'd go off in a bathroom, but you go off in a bathroom and um, set up a tent and people get sprayed. Yeah. So where a typical tan costs about, uh, you know, any here it's about $50. Uh, you could do a party where everybody would only pay about 30. Oh, gotcha. So, okay. So there'd be people who would do groups, but then, I mean, you did, but what I did too was I um, contracted out of salons who wanted to offer spray tanning, but didn't want to bring in the whole, hire the employees and everything. Right. So I did that out of about six salons here in Dallas, Fort Worth, where I, I staffed, it was my model. I gave them a cut of all my tans and um, I had both those models going. So if people wanted to go to a salon, I had a place for them to go to, or if they wanted to do it in their home, they could do it there too. Wow. So at what point did that come to an end? Well, there's kind of a funny story to that one. It it builds up really fast, and then it slowed down a little bit. So I um, I got pregnant. I wasn't supposed to be able to have children, and so I very I was met this guy, and I said I don't want kids. I I can't have them without medical medical intervention. He said, okay, me either. Fantastic. Nine months later, I was pregnant. <laughs> so I kind of when I tell that story was it was just this whirlwind of I really had to cut back on the business because I was high risk and I didn't know if I was going to be out and so I cut back my employees I had about seven when I when I found out and cut it back to about three and pulled out of the salons because the salons were a headache because I didn't have control of the schedule 
I could say we're going to be here these days. But then if a girl scheduled me, I'd get a phone call saying uh, somebody's here for a tan and nobody's here. And I'm like, I, uh, oh, wow. so it was so it was a lot of stress on me. So I pulled that back and maintained that for a couple years, then put that up for sale when um, when I started this business. Got it. So I actually sold it. The girl backed out on me a couple months into it. So I actually have that up for sale again. So let's let's now dig into the starter club because that's really mm-hmm. where you are now. Um, there's a lot of cool things to talk about there. How did you get the idea of the starters club? Well, I knew when I had the two little kids. My kids are three and two now. I I I, I didn't want I didn't want a business where I dealt with employees because I did that for two businesses and I found a lot of people love money. A lot of people don't want to work for the money though, and so it was. A, and I was I'm just a go getter. Like I, I I've never had to worry about is there going to be food on the table or something because I've always had so many things going and yet I'll still go out and work if there's a client that needs help that's just how I am so I wanted a business where I didn't have to worry about that as much and I wanted something that would allow me flexibility and so as I was thinking about what we wanted to do everybody would say oh I love that you start businesses I think it's so cool and I'm like you could why why don't you do it it's easy I googled it like literally googled my way through my first business and they were like, well, I just, I don't know where to start. So it was always the answer. And I saw people just struggle with that where to begin phase. And as I was going through courses to learn how to take a business online, because I had done the, you know, services all the time locally, um, I just said, you know, there's always all these, all this stuff out there that kind of requires you to assume a certain level. So they, Nobody, everybody forgets kind of level A. They always, well, just once you get a website, go here. Or once you get your business registered, go here. And people are just like, but I, and it's those basic questions of how do I name my business? Where do, uh, WordPress, what, org, com, where do I go? What, you know, those basic questions that were really tripping people up. So I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to start a business that lays it all out. That's no more excuses. Uh, if you really want to do this, the answers are here for you. You just you do have to do some work, which uh, you know could be a problem, but it's laid out. If you need to learn how to use social media, here's the basics. Here's how you set up a Facebook profile and how you know what you do with that and how you schedule that and just those basic things to get people rolling at least. Got it. So describe your business model really quick. Like how um, we're going to go into your branding and your marketing of of your brand right now, because I think Mm -hmm. it's really brilliantly done. But talk a little bit about your actual business model. So we know what is funneling in. So there's mostly everything is through courses. So I do. um, I have a couple bigger courses that I do launches with. I've I have a very random one. I know this kind of comes out of left field, but there is a rhyme or reason to this. But I have a whole course that helps chiropractors take their business online and how to market it and how to. And that's only because what happened was my fiance is a chiropractor and he when we met, he was doing things very kind of old school. And when I was helping him take his business, get a website, do a blog, all that stuff, I said, well, what do you guys learn? Like, who, what do you? And then I sat with some of the students because he teaches, saw what they got for business training. I'm like, somebody's got to help these guys because it's like archaic and barely anything. Right. So I have that course. I do that through launches. Um, and then I have right now the Ultimate Starters course, which again, I do three video series launches. Um, that's how I build a brand. And then I do, I have another course right now that's just navigating social media. It's a very basic 
um, you need to do. Don't try to take them all at once. Um, and then this is, if you're going to play on Twitter, these are how many tweets you need to have, that kind of stuff. Um, just to get people, like I said, my customers aren't quite ready to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a brand and their business. They're just trying to get rolling. Right. So all my stuff is around helping them get rolling. So that's where I'm at right now. And then I have a couple more things coming in the, in the works this this year. So when you say, you know, a three video course, like a launch course, what, what does that mean? So what I do is it's a free training. So it will, there's three, it's a three video series that will show like what you're going to learn from me. So because right now I'm building, right? So a lot of people don't know who I am. They don't know what I know. So that gives them the opportunity to get to know me a little bit, know how I teach, know what they're going to learn. And then it's just a very, um, tiny, tiny version of what they're going to get in the actual course. Got it. And how have like, how have your conversions actually done in, okay, these many people sign up for the free video training versus these many people or this percentage of those people then will now go on to purchase a course? So it's about, um, well, so since I'm still in my first year, I'm still on really the first kind of, um, launch group. So I'm only at about 1% on those because okay. it's cold leads coming in. Right. I've noticed though, the more the, the people on my list, the longer they, I mean, it's, it's marketing 101. The yeah. longer they're on their list, the longer they get to know you, the more they buy from you. Yeah. So I don't, because like right now I'm doing, and it's, it's a hard, you know, I, I see like what John Lee Dumas does in his webinars where he does one every week and it's the same one. And so I debate because I do one every week right now. I've been making that a goal, just the same webinar, but it's all cold leads for the webinar because I question, and this is me figuring this out. I don't know what's right or what's wrong. Do I want to keep every week? That's what my audience hears from me. Oh, she's doing another social media webinar. You know what I mean? It's like, so I don't keep pulling them into that. I kind of every once in a while, let them know, hey, another one's coming, sign up, but I'm, I'm not informing them every single week. Got it. Because I don't know, I, 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 it's figuring it out. You're really only almost, I would see you using that webinar, that weekly webinar as a way to get new people onto your list and now to exactly. get to know you. Exactly. Got it. Exactly. And, how, and how are you doing that? How are you getting these cold, cold leads? Facebook are these ads. Face, Facebook ads. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. That's so, my right now. Okay, so you're doing this weekly webinar, mm-hmm. letting people, you know, get connected to you. If they purchase a course, great. If not, at least they're on your list and now they get to, to stay connected exactly. to you. Got it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So within this year, there's a couple of things that you've done that I saw that are really interesting. Number one, you launched your own podcast as well, the Starters yes. Club podcast. Um, and you and I had the pleasure of meeting at, at Podcast Movement last year, which is awesome. And uh, yes. and and then you have another podcast I saw, which is, um, uh, so what do you know about business? And I saw that yes. that's, um, you do that as a podcast, but you also have that on YouTube because it's done it through Google Hangout. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, and then obviously you have your Facebook page, you have Twitter, how are you using those platforms? And I would like you to go through kind of each of them. How are you using each of those platforms to build your brand and to build your business? Well, the podcast originally, so the Starters Club podcast was, it was originally just a way for me to build content. I I love talking to people. I love, you know, I, I used to learn interview skills in my previous, in my corporate world. So I love talking to people. And it was just this great way that I knew if I sat down and just wrote a blog every week, it wasn't going to be as interesting as having conversations with people. So I started that as just a way for me to build content. 
But what I've been able to utilize that with is that people do get to know me more. Um, you know, people share those podcasts all out and they hear your voice. I mean, you, uh, it's how it works. And then, um, it's been a great way for me to network with people too, because I, you know, I can help reach out. And, um, one thing I'm, I'm actually doing a whole like 30 day of connection challenge in March. And I know what I want to do is go back and reach out to all my old podcast guests and be like, Hey, just wanted to say, hi, how can I help you today? You know, just those small little touches of not, Hey, what can you do for me? But Hey, how can I help you? Do you have a product I can, uh, can promote for you or a book coming out or anything that I can send out to my audience? Just those little touches to kind of up that level of an of a networking uh, item. So that was that's been the um, main thing. And then you know using that through Twitter to feature the podcast through Facebook, feature the podcast. I don't do as well on the podcast on Instagram as I should. Um, but then the so what do you know about business kind of sprouted from? Um, I really want to be real with people because what really makes me mad about the online world is that so many people see the the here you know the these stories from people and they you know people um maybe don't tell the complete truth to make themselves look better right so what happens is everybody's like oh my god so this is so easy all i have to do is launch a course i have to put a course together and then you know i charge 995 for it and seven people sign up and bam i just made seven thousand dollars and it's that easy and and what happens is like you hear you know, even I, I love Brendan Bouchard and I go to a lot of his conferences. I love him. And you're like, oh, he did a $5 million launch. God, I could do these. You know, I'll take a tiny percentage of that. Like I can nail a tiny percentage of that. Right. right like right. it's so easy, but it's not that easy. Like you and but and it breaks my heart because I think a lot of people quit too soon. Oh, you know, yeah. they're well, I you know, nobody I didn't get 7000 Twitter followers yesterday. So nobody's listening. Nobody likes me. And you have to realize and this is my third business now. I've built successful businesses, but you step into a new realm and people are like, who the hell are you? You know, why should I listen to you? Yeah. Why should it? But people are watching you. They may not be responding. They may not be, people are watching you and you just have to keep moving and going in the forward motion because they're waiting for you to quit because everybody else quit. So why are they going to invest in you? Why are they going to send, you know, partner with you? Why are they going to do those things with you? Because you, you may just go with everyone else. So it's just really, really important. I know it's kind of a really roundabout way of why I built that podcast. Sorry. But I just want to share the real stories with people. I want people to understand this takes time. This is a marathon. This isn't a sprint. Um, and just share the things like we're, you know, I talk about this is my first business I've started with kids. And we just talked about this on the podcast the other day. I'm like, this is so frustrating for me because I refuse to be realistic about my time because I refuse to tell myself that I can't get nine hours worth of work in a day. I just can't. I, but I refuse to let myself believe that. Right. It's a little crazy for me. But <laughs> and then I get frustrated at the end of the day when I'm like, God, you know, I, and I have help. But even on the weekends, I think I'm going to get all this weekend work done. And I've entertained two children all day. And it's just, mm. it's those stories that I want people to know it's okay. I want to encourage more people to start businesses and realize they can have some sort of balance, but not to get frustrated and quit when it's not what everybody's claiming it to be. Well, and I love what you're saying there. And um, 
and I, you know, that's so much a part of the reason that I started this podcast was because I wanted the real stories. I wanted, I didn't want success stories. I wanted like, okay, really, what, what, what did you actually do behind all of that to make that happen? And so many times it had, I mean, it's literally every single woman I've had on this show has had some moment of like, you know, oh crap, I can't do this, or I'm terrified, or I don't know how the hell this is going to work, but let's just do it and figure it out. And oh wait, bankruptcy for three years before you know things really kicked off and um, yeah. and it's true and those are not the stories that you really hear that's those are definitely not the ones that are marketed um, right. and I think that there's such an important I think what you're doing is so important in bringing that stuff up and making it real and then making it and then by doing that you're completely eradicating the fear out of it or the expectations that it needs to be perfect that's really what it is right. so you're all of a sudden you're like okay okay she fell on her butt too this is okay just keep following the steps and don't give up i mean that's really this is totally a marathon you know biz women rock uh this brand has been alive for just a little over a year as we record this and there i my brain really thinks that we should be like five years ahead of where i am right now exactly. but the fact that i'm still here is yeah. a huge de- i can i can t- i can count so many people who started with me and are not here anymore or you know I remember seeing it back then and they're not here anymore and um, right. and so there's something to be said about the longevity of it you know there so I think that's a really important point yeah I actually have a crazy story about that so I have a video that I recorded last week I've not made it public yet and I need to because it's one of those like vulnerability hangover moments yeah. <laughs> but um <laughs> I was just having like this night it was so hard so I just spent I was doing video. I had recorded some videos and what should have taken me 20 minutes was taking me three hours because I ended up trying to find a background to use. And it was just one of those moments where I went to bed and I'm like, this is freaking hard. I'm like, this is so hard. Like, I feel like I'm a bad mom because I'm spending three hours on a video that I only should spend, you know, and I'm like, I want to quit. Like I do, I want, I wanted to quit, but I didn't want to quit. But it was just one of those moments where I'm like, I don't want to quit. And this is why I always tell people to have a really, really strong why of why you're doing what you're doing. It can't be just about getting rich or whatever. But I always tell people one of the whys is I want to own my own Roddy rescue. So I'm probably going to cry telling the story. But so I'm having this moment where I'm like, oh, I just want to quit. I just want to quit. And I came on and just popped onto Facebook for a minute the next day. And my friend had posted about this Rottweiler that had been like unrecognizable and rescued. And I, I like bawled. Yeah. Yes, I bawled for like, because I'm like, she has no idea what that post just did for me. It's like, refocus, get back on track. It's going to, you know, there's going to be days that are so hard and you're going to spin, but you're doing the best you can. Go spend some time with your kids and get back at this business. So, you know, you just have, you can't quit. Like, I just wanted to shake people who start to quit because it's like, don't, you are so close to something big. Just keep moving. Mm. I love that. Um, where do you want this to go? I mean, you're really, you're just in the infancy yeah. stage of all this. You've definitely established your brand. You've, you've established your education. Where do you see all this going? So I see, um, I really want to get into, I have a book that I keep saying is finished. I just have to go through one last edit and let another <laughs> vulnerability moment go out. Um, but I want to get more into speaking. I want to really, I, I love the inspiration behind it. And I just want to help as many, you know, get those basic courses out there and just help as many people that I can. I mean, that's really where I see it going, just through courses, speaking, and um, with books. And just, I, what's funny is when I started this, 
my whole goal was just laying out the technical details. Like, this is how you build a website. This is how you do this. This is how you just get started. You're not going to have the most beautiful thing in the world, but start and then evolve to that. But um, I've definitely had to get more in the personal development side because I've learned that I could even build your business for you and the voices in your head are still going to tell you why you shouldn't do it or why you can't do it or why you're not good enough to do it. So as much as I kind of pushed I'm back on that one, I really love it more because it really is inspiring when I have people email me and be like, you know, Aaron, you, you help me. You don't understand what that webinar did or what that, you know, whatever, what you said or that video. And you're like, really? That, that was just me spewing out some, you know, and it's just, you never know the life you're going to change. And I don't ever think I want to compete with Tony Robbins, but what was amazing to me was I was at a speaker boot camp a couple weeks ago and there's only 20 people and there were out of 20 people, we all had to get up and say why we wanted to speak. And four of those 20 all said, you know, I was at my worst moment and I saw a Tony Robbins video mm. or I saw Tony Robbins or this one woman was from the Czech Republic. She, she could only understand about 10% of what he was saying, but she loved his energy and wanted whatever he had. And I'm like, could you imagine when your time comes, wherever, whenever that is, that you can say you change that many lives, yeah. you know? So it's a direction I definitely want to go into in just helping people with the technical side, but also the encouragement that you actually can do it. I love it. Yeah. Well, Aaron, I really want to thank you so much for this conversation. It's been so much fun. Um, such a pleasure to reconnect with you. And uh, man, you're just doing great things in your business. And I have no doubt that it's just <laughs> the sky is obviously, obviously the limit for this farm girl, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, I could go back to milking cows if I always need to. So <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. No problem. Thank you, Katie. bizwomenrock.com forward slash 172 to make sure you get all of Erin's contact information and how you can reach her and find out more about the Starters Club. I really love that conversation and uh, just thought she's so brilliant and so fearless, even though she was very vulnerable about saying that, you know, she has definitely hiccuped with fear at times and just has no idea what she's doing and does it all wrong. Um, And she just does it, though. That's That's the thing. She just figures it out along the way. And I really appreciated that she went into the specifics of how she bought other businesses and how she was actually bought out and how she sold her businesses. I thought that was very helpful information. I hope you got some really great stuff. Remember to go to bizwomenrock.com and get on the email list because you will receive regular updates from me, not only about what is going on on the show, but also about some pretty cool stories that are happening in business. Uh, I always love asking you questions, what's going on in your business and some really great stuff we've got going on in the Biz Women Rock community, okay? Have an awesome day and I can't wait to see you on the next episode. P.S. This is the background of what really happens when you're a podcaster. There's some guy outside my building drilling holes in the building. So I've had to do this intro and outro like five different times. Just thought you should know um, the not so pretty parts and what really happens behind the scenes. (laughs) Drill away, Mr. Man. Drill away.